Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is uh, Larry. We've got Larry Tracy with us today. He is fantastic. And uh, we are glad to have Larry on the program with us today. Now, um... Let's talk a little bit about Iran, uh, it, this attack. Uh, w- w- what do you make of all this? Well, um, there's no question that was a, an absolutely aggressive attack on a sovereign country by Iran when they went after Saudi Arabian oil facilities. Fortunately, uh, no one was killed. Now, I, I'm of the view we should not attack. Iran is a big boy. It's bought billions of dollars of modern military equipment from the United States, it can go and respond itself. Now, how they go about doing that, that's different, a different case. But I I think one of the things that's coming right now is we've got the U.N. General Assembly meeting very soon in New York, and this is time for Saudi Arabia and the United States to make its case that this has been an attack against the global economy and get as many allies as possible to condemn Iran. In the Security Council, China and, and Russia will, of course, su- support Iran in every way. So you're not going to get any resolution out of the Security Council, but there could be sort of the, uh, I guess we call it the court of public opinion within the uh, United Nations to condemn them for what they did. Uh, it, it cannot go unanswered. Now, we're going to tighten the screws economically with more sanctions. And, and of course, the point is that, James, that's hurting the common people in, in Iran, not, not the government that much. But still, the more we uh, lessen their capability to bring in money through oil, the less money they have to give to the various terrorist groups. Uh, if, uh, if there is a military attack, it's up to El Salvador, <laughs> Saudi yes. Arabia to decide yeah. how they're going to do it. The obvious target, uh, to be like-on-like, is to go after the Iranian facilities. There are 14... Uh, for, uh, uh, refineries in, in Iran, and that would be the one to go after them one by one until Iran gets the message. Iran has now said, hey, if, if this happens, uh, it's all, if the U.S. attacks us, it's all-out war. They're trying to bring us into this. So I think it's best for us to stay back, hold the towel of the Saudi Arabians, and tell them to go out and punch at their weight. Uh, but I, I don't think anything is going to happen until after the U.N. General Assembly when the possibility to have build a case up for us. But uh, Iran has been our biggest nemesis since 1979 when they seized our embassy. Two friends of mine were held captive for all of that time. Uh, One of them later died, possibly because of illness he got during that time. So uh, uh, Iran is just a bad actor in every way. But this was really, really raising the stakes when they went and and did that. Maybe, Maybe their view is, Okay, if you're putting sanctions on so that we can't sell our oil, we'll make sure that the world needs our oil by cutting back on on Saudi Arabia. But Saudi Arabia is pretty well back online right now, and we're now self-sufficient for the first time in many, many years. So uh, we, we can uh, we can help the rest of the world so they don't have to go and buy Iranian oil. So that's that's sort of a quick take on the way I see it right now. Nothing happens 
militarily, I would think, until after the U.N. General Assembly. We've got Larry Tracy with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. Coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio, also AMFM, 247.com. KFRK in Denver, World Radio Network as well. Now talk to us about this New York Times-Kavanaugh situation. Well, you know, it's, I, I, I think I've said this on the program before. Uh, this is another indication how the Republican Party, it, it can really be labeled a stupid party. They could, have, they could have nipped this in the bud last September when that woman from Hawaii, the woman senator, said the, women, the woman must be believed. And all the other people in the Democratic caucus there in that, that panel said the same thing. And I was waiting. I thought, oh, what a time for the Republicans. I was waiting for one Republican senator to say to her and the other women senators, if a woman accused your husband of sexual harassment or abuse 30 years ago, Will you say, I must believe her because she's a woman, and throw your husband under the bus? And to the male senators, say, if your wife uh, was told that you had committed uh, some sexual aggression 30 years ago with no corroborating information, would she automatically obey uh, the woman and say, because the woman must be believed? And that, that would have shown the hypocrisy of them. But the Republicans didn't do that, and that allows this whole thing for, uh, for Kavanaugh to fester all this time. The basic problem is he's a conservative. He gives the court a five to four conservative majority. They want to delegitimize anything that he does on the court. And so, uh, and, and, but the way the New York Times handled this, where they, they have the person that uh, was uh, religiously uh, harassed by Kavanaugh when they were at Yale, and the woman says, I don't remember a thing about that. <laughs> and now the New York Times says, well, it was probably an editing error. How do you make an editing error on, on the most fundamental part of it? I mean, if, you, if this was in a courtroom, the judge would throw it out right away, say, don't even waste my time with something like this when you can't provide the evidence. But it, it's just what they'll do. They'll, and if, they, if, if the Democrats win the White House and the Senate, I'll guarantee you they're going to start to make moves to put more people on the court, no, not nine, but to have maybe 11 or 12 so they can then get a liberal majority. Uh, the Supreme Court is going to be the battlefield. Uh, now, there's just one other thing I'd say. Uh, Justice Ginsburg does not seem to be in the best of health. If she either retires or passes away during this period of time, Mitch McConnell has said he will nominate someone for the court. Now, the, the Democrats will scream, and, and rightfully so, you're a hypocrite because you said it shouldn't have been done before. And the person he will nominate will probably be, I, I can't think of her name right now. She was a professor at Notre Dame. Now she's on an, an appeals court. She was the one criticized by, by Ann Feinstein because the Catholic dogma lived too deep in her. So there's, there's religious bias right there. Uh, so it, it'll be a Donnybrook like you've never seen if, he, if they nominate her. We have got Larry Tracy with us today. He joins us live. Of course, he's got the award-winning book, Bring Home the Bacon. He's with us today here on our big broadcast. Now, the Democratic candidates, can any of them come near Donald Trump? What do you make of this, Larry? You mean the, the, the candidates running against him? Yes, yes, these, well, uh, these, um, these Democratic candidates. Uh, the Democratic Party is a great party with a lot of talented people. How they've come up with these ten clowns? Well, let's say nine clowns and Joe Biden. Joe Biden <laughs> nine clowns and Joe Biden is a person with a, a strong <laughs> record. But uh, to use the athletics uh, analogy, he, he's lost a step or two. He he he. Uh, they use the baseball analogy. He, he can't throw the fastball anymore. So uh, 
I don't know who will be the the candidate. I I I, I think there's going to be a big shoe falling when the Inspector General of the Department of Justice and the U.S. Attorney in Connecticut complete their investigations on this disgraceful aspect of the way the FISA court was lied to. I think that will be the conclusion. How there was almost a, a de facto coup within the government before the election and then even after that to discredit Trump. Now, the big question is going to be, when did he know and when did he know it? And that's going to be directed at two people, Barack Obama and Joe Biden. And is anybody going to go and flip over and say, yes, the president and the vice president was briefed on what we were doing and they gave the okay? Are they going to say that? Or are they going to take a hit and go to jail committing perjury, whatever? So uh, that, could, that could knock Biden right out of the game right there. I, I think if no one else comes in, and I've, I've always felt that somehow the, the leadership of the Democratic Party is going to say, we've got to go with someone stronger. If they can't get anybody stronger to go, and I think Biden will be, will be out of it, I think uh, uh, Senator Warren is probably going to be the nominee. And if I were involved in the uh, management of a campaign, I would immediately start to cast her as the school librarian that is always saying, shush, and if you don't keep quiet, I'm going to put you on report and I'll go into your permanent record. She just reminds me of uh, someone like that. I don't think she'll travel well in a, in a big election across the entire uh, spectrum of the country. She's, uh, she's very, very far to the liberal left, and her plans are so inordinately expensive they could never be done without taxing heavily the, the middle class. And I think that'll be something Trump would hit. So at this point, uh, uh, as, as, as many mistakes as Trump constantly makes, and it's his big mouth that gets him in trouble all the time, uh, I, I think it's looking pretty good, but it'll still be a, a close election. And the one that I personally am very worried about is the state of Texas. We now see what a real doofus Beto O'Rourke is. And the fact that he came within two points of beating Ted Cruz suggests that that state may have really shifted over quite a bit. And Trump could not afford to lose 38 electoral votes. So I, I'm personally worried, and I hope the Republican Party is worried and gets in there and works very hard. They need Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Michigan, yes, but they cannot lose Texas. And that could be a real, a real possibility, especially uh, with the illegal immigration that has come in and probably a lot of illegal voters in Texas. So... Uh, <laughs> That's my long-term prediction. Texas is a real, real danger point for the Republican Party in the next election. We've got Larry Tracy with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast, coast-to-coast to border-to-border on iHeartRadio, AMFM247.com. Now, uh, these these Democrat debates, uh, what, what, what do you think about what's going on with some of these debates? I, I just didn't hear that, James. The the, the debates, the, the the debates. Watching the can, well, watching the uh, the Democrats debate. What do you make yeah. of the debates, Larry? Oh, they're they're just uh, well, of course, in a technical sense, they're not debates. There there are ten people up there that are screaming at each other when they're not screaming at, at Trump, and they each one seems to be pushing more over to the left. And even Joe Biden, who's, who's a moderate guy, not by Republican standards, but by Democratic standards. I mean, for years he, he supported the Hyde Amendment. And I, I knew and, and worked closely with uh, Henry Hyde, a great member of Congress. And 
and and now all of a sudden Biden feels he's got to join the leftward push, and it shows maybe that he he doesn't have consistent values. But the rest of them seem to be following the lead of of the squad, these four Democratic women, who are are so radically left and uh, very very anti-Semitic. I thought one of the most graceful things on the Democratic Party was when the one uh, the congresswoman from Minnesota made those grossly anti-Semitic remarks, and it was a call for criticism of that, and instead the Democratic Party passed a rule of against all hate speech. They didn't have the guts to come out and say to one of their members, you are anti-Semitic. And, and the Dem- Jewish voters have been a strong part of the Democratic Party, so uh, I, I just wonder if, if any are, are going to leave it because of that, because they... While the majority of Democrats are certainly not anti-Semitic, they don't seem to be ready to criticize one of their own because that could in some way be considered helping uh, Trump. So uh, uh, the debates, uh, you're not going to really get a debate of any substance until it's down to about three or four people. Then it comes closer to a debate. And then next year, the the big presidential debates are the, the big thing. We've got Larry Tracy with us today. Bring Home the Bacon is the latest from him. Now, uh, investigating the investigators, what is the status of both the DOJIG inspection and the separate investigation by U.S. Attorney Dunham? Are some of Obama's uh, people going to jail? And did Obama and Biden know about this investigation of the Trump campaign, Larry? Uh, that's, that's okay. I, I think if, uh, if they should be asking that, they should have been, I would think that uh, Horowitz, the uh, IG, would have probably talked to the, first of all, on the FISA thing, talked to the FISA judges and found out, how did you feel that you were just so stuckered by this? Uh, they must have been thoroughly insulted on it. The, the other question is that this started before the campaign, and was there an attempt to undercut Trump's opponent when, the, when it looks like they took all of the information that they were using from this now thoroughly discredited report uh, by Steele, the, the dossier, and now it shows that Hillary Clinton was paying for that. The FISA court was never notified of that. They said it was a political nature. Well, any judge is going to say, fine, tell me what the political nature was. And uh, But they, they took all of this, and I go back to something that I've said a couple of times in the program, James. When that dossier first came out, I saw Bob Woodward on television of Watergate fame say, I have just read that report. It is pure garbage. And Bob Woodward is not a conservative in any way, but he's a, an excellent investigative reporter. Yet the FBI bought into it, even though they apparently knew it was false. And, uh, and a lot of it was apparently disinformation fed into Christopher Steele from his Russian contacts from when he was there with MI6. I would think MI6 is pretty embarrassed to have their name being associated with Christopher Steele, because that's a great, great intelligence organization and and that they've got this guy. Now, the real question is going to be when we talk about investigating the investigators, have they gotten Steele to flip? Have they said, we're not going to prosecute you or ask for extradition from England for you if you will tell us the full story? And then if he comes out and tells it, ah, then maybe that's going to put a lot of people uh, in jail. And uh, the ultimate question, though, did, did Biden and Obama know about this. And that is, from my own Latin American experience, having served in Latin America, having seen military dictatorships on 
uh, this, this was so classically Latin American dictator operating on that to keep a, uh, a party, a, a candidate coming in who you didn't like. This is exactly what a Ministry of Interior in Latin America would do. A military dictatorship would work it that way. They, they, they must have gone to school and, and learned how the Latin Americans would do that. But that, that's, that's, we keep hearing about the shoe getting ready to fall. I think this is a clot hopper that's going to fall so when they, uh, when Horowitz's report is finally released to the public and the one from, uh, uh, where is he? He's in Connecticut, the U.S. attorney, Dunham. So there, there's, there's the big investigator of the investigators coming. So lots of things to happen in the next couple of weeks. Well, Larry, bring us up to speed on your book. How's the book doing? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's going well. And uh, one of the things that I'm finding that people are, are appreciating the fact that this is a book that takes you step-by-step step how to be a persuasive speaker. Most books on public speaking will give you tips, and there'll be little anecdotes on there. But on this one I've just taken, here is how you, here's how you plan. Here's how you find out what your audience's difficulty and problem is. How do you get the intelligence on the audience? And how to use certain techniques? And a lot of it, of course, I bring from, uh, from the military. Uh, on it, but uh, I'm, I'm pleased with the way it's going and the feedback that I'm, I'm getting from from people on it. So appreciate you always talking about it as well, James. Well, I'll tell you, you've got a uh, fantastic book there. Uh, bring us up to speed on any more projects that you have coming down the line. Well, just just uh, giving talks on the uh, on the book and uh, working with companies and and training uh, how to make presentations to win contracts. So uh, that's it, and I. I give the book out to them as well, so it's, it's, it's the book is actually a workshop in a book, uh, and that's what I did. My my editor felt that I should write it in a bit more literate way, but I said no, I want to write it as if people think they're sitting in my workshop to make it a very easy that's read, awesome. and that that's one of the feedbacks that I've gotten that it does read uh, easily and people can internalize it very very much. Well, good stuff. Well, I appreciate it, Larry, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Thank you, my friend. We'll look forward to it. We'll probably have some good information to talk about then, James. Definitely, definitely. Thank you, Larry. Okay. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Bye. There he goes, Larry Tracy. We are going to take a timeout. When we come back, we have got more coming up. Them handmade berber rugs are on the way. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.